Hello and welcome to Artwork, a podcast produced by Fab NYC, celebrating the work of artists and cultural workers in New York City by bringing together leaders in our field to reflect upon different themes. I am your host, Sarita Covington, and this episode of Artwork is breaking format. So you may be asking yourself, well, where is Risa if you are a listener to the Artwork podcast? Well, This month, Artwork is celebrating Black History Month, and I'm black, so (laughs) for those who may not know, and that is what brings me to hosting the Black History Month episode of Artwork. Now, let me let me let me just share a little bit more about because that may start to make sense. Right. So Risa's not black. So they invite Sarita. But let me share a little bit more about what went into that decision of me doing the show, because I didn't have to. But I get an email from Risa, and I love Risa. So, you know, I'm happy to see the email in which she invites me to host this episode. But let me let me read exactly what she wrote in this email. Um, so this is Risa's email, and she says, We fully recognize that the concept of Black History Month can be tokenizing, and moreover, sets up a false dichotomy that somehow black history is not part of history and further elevates the whitewashing of historical narratives. Now, let me just stop there and let me just say, okay, if you know Risa, that's not that surprising that she wrote that. However, it's just a breath of fresh air to name it because there's an awkwardness, right? There's an awkwardness about like, it's Black History Month. Do you want to be my black host for your Black History Month episode? And yet she could have just said, do you want to be the host? You know, so I appreciate that. I I appreciate that candor and that authenticity. And so let me just say that again and read that clearly. And the rest of what she said, uh, we fully recognize that the concept of Black History Month can be tokenizing and moreover sets up a false dichotomy that somehow black history is not part of history and further elevates the whitewashing of historical narratives. That said, through all of our work at FAB, we also seek to elevate the historical struggle led by people of color for liberation, equity, and inclusion in the USA. And that's the truth. So perhaps, and that's just, she goes on to say, perhaps February and Black History Month can be a time to do just that. And so that's what we're about to do. We're about to enjoy our blackness on Black History Month and lead this conversation, which is going to be juicy. And I'm so excited to have my guest here with me to have this really nice and appropriate conversation this month. Um, Sometimes you don't need an excuse to be together with friends, but sometimes you need an excuse to get together with friends. (laughs) So this is our excuse. Um, Before we begin and I introduce my guests, I do have to give a shout out to Nova Man Dark. He is a musician that grew up in the Lower East Side, and he is providing the intro and outro music for this episode. I also want to thank Cooper Square Committee and Brandon Kilbasa for donating the space that we are recording in today. So thank y'all. All right. So today we are discussing... Hold on to your seats. Black liberation and theater for social change. And I am honored to have as my guest, Ebony Golden and Paloma McGregor. And we're just going to go around and like have y'all introduce yourselves and and then we'll get back to it. Hello. 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 It's really an honor to be here. Um, Yes. Yes, Black Liberation, Black Theater. Yes. Um, And who am I? I am the daughter of Betty Ann Sims and Harry Alvin Hicks from Houston, Texas. My people are from rural East Texas and rural Louisiana outside of Shreveport. Um, I am a, a seeker, a journeyer, a thinker. A Libra, um, an introverted extra, extrovert. Yes. <laughs> I'm a writer. I'm a maker. 
Um, and we'll talk more about those things, but really deeply, I'm just, I think the best way I can describe myself is being on a journey. Yes. Um, in what, in all that I do and all that I want to do. I love it. Yeah. And if you can just name um, your organization that you founded, just so that in the space we can look for it later, Google it later, but I just, just to name it. Yes, 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 yes. Um, Betty's Daughter Arts Collaborative is um, my baby, um, named after my mother, doing the work that my mother is now retired from doing. Um, and we've been around close to 10 years, working mostly nationally in arts and culture and community strategy. And that work means a lot to me, and it means a lot to the people that I work with. Um, and it, it looks a lot of different ways, depending on depending on who I'm engaging and who we're engaging. Um, but really, the, the organization is about arts and culture for liberation. So... Yeah. Perfect. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Thank you, Ebony. Um, hi, my name is Paloma McGregor. Um, I'm first of all really thankful to be here with both of you, um, my sister friends <laughs> and collaborators. And um, I am the daughter of Oscar Frank and Angela Francis, uh, the wife of Kofi Arthur Ayo, the mother of Olamina Ekua Ayo, the sister of Patricia and Freedom, um, and uh, I am the director of a entity that is named for my mother, Angela McGregor, called Angela's Pulse, and it's really, so it's mm -hmm. really a kinship I feel like I have with Ebony yes. um, around this work and its roots. And so I'm working in a variety of ways with this, uh, with Angela's Pulse to both put forward my artistic work that is deeply rooted in a um, looking back to go forward uh, space for building community both within a studio space and also building community, a community of ideas and action. And another realm of that work is uh, an initiative that I started called Dancing While Black that um, I feel like is in connection, deep connection and deep conversation with my artistic voice and my creative self that is a platform for centering the voices of black dance artists in a field where our voices are too often pushed to the periphery and a field whose languages and ideas about our potentials and our actual um, aesthetic underpinnings uh, are too limited to hold us. Mm. And so trying to create space for us to liberate ourselves from those ideas uh, in order to fulfill our true potentials, not yeah. our potentials that this space has created for us. Yes, yes. And I'm just catching myself saying a lot of yeses and mm-hmms, and that's just going to happen because, <laughs> because I am honored to be with these folks. And yeah, th this is this is why they have been invited. I mean, really, like the work that these ladies are doing is amazing. And yeah, and they have a lot, a lot to share um, that I think can contribute in a lot of different fields. Um, so yeah, and I'll, I'll just say a little bit about myself. Um, so I am, and you know, wearing many hats, um, I will honor my, my ancestors too and say that I am the daughter of William Covington and Sandra Covington and the mother of Sunshine Covington Kammerer and the wife of Stefan Kammerer. Um, I am Harlem born and raised uh, proudly and I am an artist as well as a community organizer, an anti-racist community organizer and a teaching artist, a um, very proud educator. Um, I wanna share, uh, my, one of my organizations is called Company Cypher, and we are an arts organization that is dedicated to ending racism through theater and hip hop education. And then I'm also co-founder of 
an amazing organizing body made up of artists and cultural workers, and it's called Artists Co-Creating Real Equity, um, which I co-founded with Maria Bauman and Nathan Trice. Um, and we work closely with an organization called the People's Institute for Survival and Beyond, um, a really amazing grassroots organization based out of New Orleans um, that I have to thank them for a huge foundation in my anti-racist lens and my organizing lens. Um, very thankful for the organization. So we work closely with them and the principles that they have created around their understanding and undoing racism slash community organizing workshop. Um, and we'll talk more about all of these things um, as they will come up often. Um, but let's segue into a segment called Practical Excellence. And so if this is your first time listening, Practical Excellence is when we each bring to the table a practical application in our work beyond fluffy conceptual reflections, but a concrete practice or act that tangibly affects the people we work with um, and what we do. Now, I'm going to just say, before I give my example, that I get a little attitude about this section because, as I was sharing before we began, I'm often asked um, by folks, well, what is it that a cultural organizer does? And it usually is, is said in a very patronizing voice. And I don't think that people really get the full impact of what we contribute to communities, to families, to our society. And I think that's unfortunate. So it's great that this segment is here so that folks who don't know can know. But I think it would be nice for cultural workers to, to shine a little bit more in our, in our cultural lens. So here's my example of a practical application. So I was recently asked to co-facilitate a discussion regarding talking about race with children. Now that's challenging on many levels, so let me just set the challenge first. So first is figuring out a way to adjust, to address the subject matter in a multiracial, multicultural group. And it's open and it's free, so it's who knows like who's coming in at what entry level in this conversation. So it's really sculpting this sort of facilitation to address all of those different needs number one, and then co-facilitating with all with four other facilitators. So facilitating is one thing, and now you're actually having to dance and engage and weigh who's speaking, and you know, it's a, it's a balancing act. So the work required several emails, several emails, a conversation beforehand and several and a meeting beforehand and several check-ins throughout the event and what i th what i want to offer is that communication being able to listen read the room read your co-facilitators knowing when to share leadership when knowing when silence is golden is is a skill is a skill and and yeah, and, and requires practice. So that was that's my example. And it went great, by the way. And I'm, I'm happy I was a part of it. Um, how about y'all? What y'all got for your practical excellence? This is Paloma. I've been thinking a lot about resources and how we think about resources. Often, you know, I mean, this is the work that I do for my work that I get paid for. So that's one way to think about resources is money that you're making. But I think there are sometimes, um, I found myself in circumstances where people are asking me to do things and maybe they don't have money or they don't have that, uh, that's not the resource they can offer. Mm -hmm. And so increasingly I'm finding myself pushing to find out, well, what resources are available and how might we operate in a truer and more equitable way if you're able to put forth those resources. So in a practical sense, um, you know, I'm helping to work with a collective on a weekend of events for which there's a very small budget and a lot of people who are facilitating. And so we kind of have to spread that money around. Mm -hmm. But one thing that is a part of, or a resource that that organization has, um, 
is that they have had registration and all these people, they've collected all the information of all these people who are coming to these events. And a very easy and small resource that I think sometimes people don't think to ask for is, okay, well, give me the email list. Yeah, Of there the people you go. who are showing up at this workshop. People pay for um, that. Because those are people who are showing up because we're present. Yeah. So how, how do we... Um, ask for things that actually, you know, that it might feel like, Oh, am I, should I ask for this? I'm not, you know, yeah. Ask Mm -hmm. for what you need and, and take a real look at like, what are the range of resources that any organization has and Mm -hmm. just ask, don't say no to yourself before let them say no and then push again. Yeah. 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 So practical excellence. Since I founded my company, I, I have been asked to do a lot of different things. And what's really, you know, I'm encouraged because I've done, um, I've had a lot of training, both in community Mm. as well as uh, school, you know, university schooling training. And I have the ability to galvanize people and all of my resources and my internal resources mm. to to uh, do lots of different things. I think one real practical thing that I know how to do is mobilizing people. Yeah. And this is not necessarily like mobilize 500 people, although I do know how to do that. Mm-hmm. But mobilize a team of three. This team, you know, has I need these skills for this team, for this project. And because of the way I've been moving in the world and mm-hmm. moving in the in the city, mm-hmm. I'm I know lots of different people, you know. So that's and really that's why yeah. my, my company is called a collaborative. It's not Ebony knows how to do all of the things. It really <laughs> is. Ebony knows how to work in the spirit of collectivity and collaboration where she can call. Paloma to do something. She can mm-hmm. call, you know, Sydney to do something. She can call Rasu to do something. Yes. And that is, I think that's better than money. Yes. Um, having access to people who are brilliant and bold and who you trust, especially in this city, mm. you know, who you trust with a vision or another organization's vision, bring them into it and say, these are the people, if you want this done and you want it done well, these are the people that need to be on my team in order for that to ha- on our team yeah. in order for that to happen. Yeah. yeah. One way that works is. A school calls me and says, hey, we hear that you have a way to work with students that can get them out of the classroom, teach them practical skills and get them and and raise their literacy levels. Mm. Can you do that? That's what we heard. Yeah, I can do that. It's going to be a mixture of art and culture and and community gardening and field trips. So really, that looks like program design. Build a system that works for students who are not really interested in the traditional way in which school is happening and affect and impact their literacy levels in a positive way and introduce them to some spaces and places in this city that they've never gone before and teach them how to, I don't know, do this dance (laughs) and teach them about the migration patterns of eels. Mm -hmm. So, (laughs) So that, you know, for me, being having been a teacher, a public school teacher, a college teacher, a community teacher, those kind of skills I basically weave into everything I do. Yeah. That's it's just I mean it's really like accessible pedagogy. Mm-hmm. Um, so bring being able to bring people together to accomplish a goal, mobilizing folks, being able to build systems and strategies that reach all of us. Yes, teaching. Um, and teaching intergenerationally and teaching in the way that works. It's not one teacher, 30 students, but it's a community teaching a community. Oh, I love that. Um, and what we're talking about, practical excellence, doesn't happen because of one what one person knows. People are investing in you, in that person, for them to be able to do a lot of different things or one thing very well. And we have to, you know... How do we re- how do we reflect that back? How right. do we give that back? And that is for me. That's by saying my community is 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 strong in this way, and that's what we have to offer. Yeah. Um, and Paloma says this often. 
I don't like to play alone. <laughs> Who you don't know she don't. Paloma says that about I, herself. I do not. I do not. <laughs> and I I mean, you know, I I don't either. If I wanted to just do my own thing and and you know, have the light shine bright on myself that I could find a way to make that happen. And mm-hmm. I get I mean, I, not that I don't get enough light and shine. But really, this idea, I think this concept around practical excellence is a is a practice in collectivity. Mm-hmm. OK. Um, yeah. And what we have together mm-hmm. is always better and stronger and more important for me to me than what I have and what I can do by myself. That's right. Yeah. And I want to chime in a yes, little bit please. on this because I feel like this idea of really taking stock in your community of resources Mm -hmm. is critical to this work. I come from a community. I come from many communities. We're talking about communities of geography, communities Mm -hmm. of ideology, communities of art making practice, Mm -hmm. uh, communities of resistance, communities Mm -hmm. of visioning. Um, And so how do we given all of that, given how, how rich I know my intersecting communities are, I think another practical excellence point for me is knowing when I can say no and say, actually, I know you're coming to me because I'm the entry point or you know me through this way or Mm -hmm. that way, Mm -hmm. but I'm actually not the best person to do this thing. You need Mm -hmm. to talk to this other person in my community, which is not, uh, which is not a practice that the larger culture yes. is telling us to do. They're That's telling right. us, get yours. Take it. Get yours. <laughs> exactly. If they're, com- if you're, they're coming to it. you, take it and yeah. fake it. Fake mm-hmm. it if you need fake to. Fake it till you make it. Yeah, and that's BS because yeah. mm-hmm. I don't need to fake it. I, I don't need to fake that I have a sister friend over here who could actually really mm-hmm. like trick that thing out. Mm-hmm. Blow it out of the water. Yeah, yeah. like, whoa, you want to do that? Mm-hmm. I would love to think about it. But I actually know I should be putting you in touch with this person over here. Yeah, that's a big deal. Like mm-hmm. that's that's a practice, mm-hmm. and that's a and it has to be a practice because the cultural inertia does not work in that direction. That's no. right. And so you have to practice to resist the impulse mm-hmm. that's ingrained. Like that, I've internalized right. an impulse to get the thing, yeah. you know, grab it, mm-hmm. you know, m- maybe it's part of a selfish impulse. Maybe it's part of an impulse around like you, gotta, you never know individuality. Yeah. Maybe it's the, uh, around lack and like, mm-hmm. I never know what if I don't have another opportunity again right. I or, trauma. Right. or trauma, right. Talk yeah. about it. So like yes. we've got all of this that's going into this work. And at the same time, if we just could take a moment to think about like the richness of our communities mm-hmm. that, great all right this is the best thing for this person and i know like i don't need to know when something's gonna come back around my way Mm -hmm. but i know like if we're all working with this spirit of generosity and realness with one another like that's really her gig yes Mm -hmm. then we're putting ourselves in a in a better place as a group as a community yes yes and doing the thing that you're doing as a practice which is antithetical to what we are taught to do and just you know, reflexively react to. Um, I think about how it feels like that may be not the thing to do in that moment because of what we're taught and how doing that really like seeing yourself as you say, like as yourself as a community, teaching a community or interacting in all of those identities, a community identity, like the way that it frees you up it is access to the liberation that we're talking about. And we think that we're getting the liberation from the thing, from acquiring the thing. So often it feels like, you know, in order for me to like feel good and, and be good, it, I need to have the thing. And it's, and it's not actually the, the feeling of freedom does not come that way. Well, things come and go. This is true. And if we're, if, if that's what we're trying to get to mm-hmm. and that's what we're trying to actualize is things. Yes. We're in trouble. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're missing the boat. And yes. I think that is, you know, what is the point of it all? 
What exactly. are we trying to get to? Mm-hmm. What, is, what are we trying to learn? What are we mm-hmm. trying to, you know, engender? And I really think that because of the world that we live in and the way that we're, that, and I'm saying we collectively, meaning like this country, yes. the, the so-called United States, yes. um, that the, the focus on things, it's real. It's, yes. For some folks, it's their medicine. That's right. And That's right. it's unfortunate, but it's true. Or, mm-hmm. you know, being the one. Mm-hmm. At the table, the mm-hmm. one in the, the room, only one. the only one, yes. right? The one people are talking about and mm-hmm. looking at. And I have to say, because I, Paloma and I have known each other and worked together for for years at this point. Mm-hmm. And that idea of, oh, I'm not the one. My community is rich and yes. capable. And let me just, sh- you know, shuttle, shuttle you to the other person. That's what she does. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a real practice that I have benefited from. Yeah. And I know multiple people have benefited from like it is not just a thing a theory it is an actual practice that has real ripples in this community in the dance community in the social justice community not just in new york Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. and we don't give each other shine enough in public where other people are going to hear but we have to say i have to say it you know it's really important and i think the thing Mm -hmm. the thing is is a is a um is a um it's a barrier it's yeah, in the way that's right. um and i under i understand why you know i'm not trying to you know poo poo on people and they're wanting to get certain accolades and things but mm-hmm. are we free at the end that's because of I'm it saying. i mean yeah. are we have we gotten have we moved have yes. we shifted the dial on things that are really hurting us mm-hmm. and by and large the answer is no yes mm-hmm. And even when the thing goes away, deteriorates, dies, or no one cares anymore about the shiny thing that you have, you're back at square one trying mm-hmm. to get free. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let me. Can I say one more thing? Yes, you, know, you can. I know. You can say so three more really, things. But no, I feel please. it's interesting that you say this, and I'm thinking about this thing in front of me. Like I'm the older sibling of a single parent. Um, and when I went to undergrad at a historically black college, I was trying to get the thing. Mm. I mean, I didn't know when I went to the college, but by the time I got out of there, I was like, I know how to get the thing. <laughs> you, you think you're from Harvard. You think you know how to get the thing, but I went to HBCU. I went to FAMU. I know how to get the All thing. Right. Yes. You know, they don't teach you that <laughs> at Harvard. So, um, so I found myself in all of these internships. Like I was hustling. Yes. I was like, I know how my resume is together. I'm going to go to the biggest newspaper I can out of school. I went to like one of the 20th largest newspapers in the country. I was the youngest reporter at wow. the joint. Um, yes. I was covering cops and courts. I was mm. trying to get the thing. I was making more money in my entry-level job at 22 than my mom made nearing the end of her uh, public school teaching career. Um, So I was really trying to get the thing and I was like, I'm going to get it and do it. And, and this, I had this creeping Mm -hmm. um, sense that I wasn't really doing the vision, the purpose, the like reason to be here. Mm -hmm. Um, And so when my, art life started like snapping me back out of this sort of haze of the thing. Like I had my name in the newspaper every day, you know, so that satisfies the artist's ego a bit, you know, so it's like, okay. But when I realized I could keep doing this thing and be potentially be very successful at it Mm -hmm. and live a life of regret, Mm -hmm. I had a big, like that framing a life of regret Mm -hmm. was really impactful for me. And I said, well, who would want to choose to do that? So that was a liberating moment for me just in terms of releasing this idea or this, this ladder Mm -hmm. that I find my, found Mm -hmm. myself climbing and releasing to an sort of uncertain future, but that in my gut bone felt very certain, like, oh, I know this. Yeah. Like I know this thing to be true. And then realizing, oh, as an art maker, I actually feel like I can tell more truth than I could as a journalist. So like, how are we thinking about our roles in the world? Like I wasn't leaving to become an art maker so I could like be irresponsible or, you know, I mean, I think there are a lot of ideas that are put on us as art makers about, um, what it, why it is about a selfishness. And for me, mm-hmm. it was like, no, actually this practice that I've been doing as a journalist, I could actually really, really do it. I could really pull, bring my ancestors into mm. it. Like I could do a lot more, um, 
change making and magic making as an artist and truth telling, frankly, like yeah. full truths, not facts, but truths. Yes. Then I could as a journalist. So this this idea of the thing and the way it could like I felt that very clearly for myself, letting go of the thing. Yeah. Like how is it you're like in your mid twenties and you're making like sixty five thousand dollars a year? Let it go. Mm-hmm. Let right. it well, go. You know, I would love to, um, at this point, I feel like it might be helpful for, and I'm just curious, um, for us to share, like, what is our definition of liberation? Like, we've been talking about what that sense is, what that feeling is, what that experience is. Um, can we put that into some words? Like, how would you describe it? And, and then we're going we're gonna to look at black liberation. But I just want to talk about liberation. How would you define liberation? I don't know if I could talk about it separately like black liberation is the only liberation <laughs> I can really talk about you know I don't talk know if I can talk about it separately I, I don't think I can I'm just gonna okay. talk about it I love it um Please. yeah I mean I think this is the question that I have been asking my entire life since I started asking the question mm. this is a question and I was like is it liberation is it freedom right. is it emancipation mm-hmm. like I've started using the word emancipation okay and like I like the way it feels in my mouth when I say it mm-hmm. I like the amount of space it takes mm-hmm. up on the page mm-hmm. it's like yeah stretch on out stretch yes. and <laughs> be this thing all over the page and mm-hmm. in the body and in the mm-hmm. world and emancipation has a very particular, you know, I think genealogy yeah. and and legacy in yeah. terms of black folks in this country. So I want to yeah. talk about that and black folks in other countries. Yes. Um, and I want to talk about that. You know, mm. I want to I want to I want to encounter and engage that in my creative work and in my life work. Mm-hmm. Um but what is it? Yeah. You know, and like Nina Simone says, you know, why are you asking me about something I'm still trying to figure out if I've ever experienced before, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, I'll let you know when I get there. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I feel like I have experienced uh, snippets and, yes. and, 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 you know, moments. Mm-hmm. And I can't deny that. Mm-hmm. Um, and someone, I've been asked this question before. I think it's because I'm always like, Every every art piece that I work on is about this. It's the same artistic statement. Like, don't ask me what my work is about anymore. It's about liberation. Yes, and that's it. That's all I got to make work about. You know, <laughs> and and you know, but really, I feel like the moments where I've experienced liberation mm-hmm. um, have been moments where people are dancing. Yeah. And sweating <laughs> and breathing together and it's not choreographed. Yes. So, I mean, and they're mo- like, I mean, I facilitate these workshops and it's like, all right, everybody. And now breathe. Inhale. One, two, three. Exhale. One, two, three. Yeah. And now everybody this way. Breathe. One, right. two, three. And now jump and now spin and now turn and breathe. One, two, three. <laughs> exhale. One, two. Th- but but then there's a there's a time where folks were like, we don't we are in sync. Yeah. We are in rhythm. Mm-hmm. Our our blood is pumping at the same pace. You've done all of the kind of conjuring and configuring that you need to do. And, and now we don't need to be guided mm. in this exploration of emancipation. Yeah. And that is what I want for everybody. Like that, that moment where we don't need anyone to tell us how to get free, where to go. Mm -hmm. What's the recipe? What's the framework? Mm -hmm. What's the blueprint? We just remember it in our bones and in our blood and our body. And that's what we go to. And I think, you know, but often, most often, um, the artistic, the creative space, especially the rigor of dance mm-hmm. is where I experience the most. Mm-hmm. It's almost it's like a tipsy. It's mm-hmm. definitely like a tipsy mm-hmm. and it's different every time. And it's um, it's like, I don't know what's next. Mm-hmm. There's a giddiness. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, it's it's more of a feeling than a kind of textual expl- explanation that I have. Yeah. Um, but what if and it's it's at some moments it's a little scary mm-hmm. 
because you don't know what's next. Yeah. Am I going to pass out? Are we going to connect? Am I going to slip and fall? But I don't care. Mm-hmm. I don't care because mm-hmm. I'm letting, I'm shedding and exfoliating and letting go. And my body is, is between worlds. Mm-hmm. My breath is between worlds. My mm-hmm. spirit is between worlds. Mm-hmm. And I feel so connected yeah. and grounded. Yeah. And also like I'm about to take off and fly yeah. away. Mm-hmm. And I think, liberation allows a type of flight mm. that is undeniable yep you know it's it is the deepest most rigorous love mm-hmm. um it is the most important practice of truth telling mm-hmm. it is a letting go mm-hmm. and an acceptance mm-hmm. um it is uh, the willingness to be happy and joyful and the practice of being happy and joyful that isn't connected to anyone else's demise mm-hmm. or downfall. Right. Um, it is a holistically good feeling and space to be in. And, you know, and I and to be honest and to go back to what I was saying about. Nina Simone, I don't know if I, I, you know, yeah, I've, I've experienced snippets of it. Mm -hmm. And, um, I think we got a lot of work to do in order to be there. A Mm -hmm. lot has to be again, exfoliated and sloughed off. And I think it's hard to be free in a, in a capitalist society. All right. Talk about it. I think it's hard to be free in a world that's, um, you know, got so many hangups mm-hmm. and and we're all we're all dealing. We are all dealing. No one mm-hmm. is outside of having to deal with this. Yes. This shit that is that is layered onto our current experience. Yes. Um, and it's going to take everybody for us to really get to what I mean as a collective liberation, like that that space of the ensemble or the cipher mm-hmm. or the dance class mm-hmm. or the or the dancing in the living room with yes. your grandparents or mm-hmm. at the cookout. Like, I mean, but really. And I'm not just saying this because we're artists. Mm-hmm. You know, there is something about sweating and breathing and moving and blood pumping in unison Together. that gets us lifted. Yes. And um, yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it, it really does seem like it's either it's all of us. Liberation is in all of us. Yeah. Because you got to have accountability mm-hmm. partners in that work too, like in Indeed. continuing to push. You're talking about practicing joy yes like you need that sounds lovely you need partners in that work because it's easy to like i say the inertia is so mm-hmm. strong um what i was just got? in the studio today with a group of black choreographers here in the city who are um forming a collective and we, really we were in the studio today to get to know one another mm. um through practice mm-hmm. and through improvisational practice and i feel like this idea of having those tastes of mm. liberation those yes. moments mm-hmm. those windows into um i think all the language you shared around letting go mm-hmm. um shedding and purging also feel like they come up for me because we've internalized so many things in our bodies yes. so the truth is sometimes what is the truth that is the truth like that is the truth and what right. you know it's so we've got deep multi multifold multi-generational layers of of stuff to mm-hmm. really look at um and work through and this thing about the body is that we're so often encouraged or i feel like in this culture the part of the body that is most highly valued is the mind and that's such a small part of the whole intellect Mm -hmm. that we have so if you think about the the space that your brain occupies and then Mm -hmm. you think about the space that your body occupies Mm -hmm. to center that one place as the in terms of its value um in the center of everything is actually a disservice to our fulfillment of ourselves our potentials um broadly and then when i think about us as black bodies and the range and our deep um practices of and not to say that other people don't do this but i can only speak about what i'm 
experiencing, the times when I feel like my body is available to information that's beyond my mind's capacity to understand Mm -hmm. feels like a moment of liberation. I find it in my artistic practice, like those moments where I'm like, oh, wait, you know, out of all this sort of working through, working through, working through an idea, like Mm -hmm. the the idea drops down into my body of what should be happening. Um, The idea of the bigger vision drops Mm -hmm. down. Um, Feels like a moment when I've been able to shed something of the the blockages that have stopped me from finding, from liberating the idea, from liberating the vision. and I saw on Facebook, I feel like a common th- friend of Ebony's and I talked about um, resistance. Okay, um, let's talk about that. Recently, yeah, and that a practice of resistance, centering resistance alone, could be a problematic practice for us to sort of be. And you can, you can, what I took from it yeah. was um, it reinforced for me something that I'm always thinking about is like, what energy am I putting into the vision? Mm-hmm. What energy am I putting into the vision? What energy am I putting to the vision? Because the vision can also be the resistance. Mm-hmm. Okay. And if the vision is proposing the alternative, the resistance is working against something in particular that we don't want. Mm-hmm. But what do we but want? But what do we want? Right. And the vision practitioners are helping to, I feel like we need that. We need that practice to be Paloma, centered. I think I was the one that posted that. Oh, great. Yeah, great. <laughs> no, because we put more time into fighting than yeah. we do into cultivating. Great. Yeah. And that is the enemy winning. Yep, mm-hmm. exactly. Mm-hmm. We it's the cannot. art of war. It's classic. We cannot yeah. do that. Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, yeah. You, I mean, like, we really have to put more time into what we love, what we want to see, what we want to conjure and cultivate. If we don't do that and all we're doing, like we are, we are going to be crazy. Yes. We are going to be crazy and, and, and with no energy left to enjoy what we've been fighting for. Yes. We don't have time for that. We don't have time for that. That's for sure. But that's, that's I want to, I want to push, I want to push against this, Mm. offer some resistance a little bit here. So like, One may say, okay, that's exactly what we're talking about. Like, why do we have to always talk about race? Like, why can't we just talk about, like, unity? Why can't we use other terms? Like, why can't we talk about pluralism? Or You know what I mean? And this is is coming from a particular lens. But there there are folks who don't want to deal with the what-so or any sort of resistance in terms and they just want to jump oh, to the those vision. folks should deal with resistance exactly indeed <laughs> those folks should i'm just saying i don't know that we need to spend I all think of we've our already, we've yeah been we've been doing it, it. Yes. i would say yes i would say yes okay so then yeah. let's just let's just yeah. say who we are and who uh, i'll say let's let's mm-hmm. so this is for the black folk and for the, and for the for the white folk who want to say, yeah, I want, I just want a vision and I just want to create and I don't want to deal with that resistance. Mm-hmm. Then the instruction is to know that's probably what you need to deal but that's with. That's the thing. They've been visioning and the vision is what people are trying to resist. Mm-hmm. The vision, their vision is why we are fucking suffering. Yes. <laughs> and they are suffering. Right. The, exactly. the vision we they created the does not yeah. work. It does yeah. not work. Yeah. It does not work. And I think that's the, yeah. Yes. But here's the thing, though. Mm -hmm. And I was just talking about this earlier this afternoon. So who's been doing the heavy lifting around this liberation work? Who's been who has been doing the work of trying to figure out not just how that particular group is going to get free, but how we're all going to get free. Yeah. Who's been feeding everybody? Please tell me. Who's been cultivating the land? Mm -hmm. I mean, like we could go on and on and on. Some people need to take a break. Yes. Some people need to sit down. Some people need to have their feet rubbed. Some people need to relax. (laughs) And that is most of the people that I'm talking about who are like, no, our resistance is our resilience. Our resistance is our ability to have love and joy Mm -hmm. and healthy families Mm -hmm. and healthy bodies. Mm -hmm. And you know what we need to be not just to survive, but to thrive. Yes. Now other people who are new to the party. Yeah. Come on in and dance and get tired and get tired and dance while you're tired. Mm -hmm. But for most of the people that are, 
in my community of yeah. accountability. Yeah. And most of the people who I love and trust mm -hmm. and will give a key to my front door. Yeah. They need to come in and sit on the couch and just sit down That's right. and have somebody make them a cup of tea. Yeah. That's just my truth. That's mm -hmm. my truth. And that's the truth of generations of women before me. Yeah. That's yeah. The, not just women, but I, I mean, I need to I need to presence right now. Yeah. I'm just feeling the need to presence and privilege the my matrilineal lineage mm -hmm. and the women, my mother, my grandmother and my great grandmothers who worked themselves almost literally to yeah. death. That's right. So that we could come out of college making more money than they will ever mm -hmm. make. You know what I'm saying? Like, seriously, mm -hmm. it is it is the truth of their sacrifice mm -hmm. that we learn how to experience and be lavish about our joy. Yes. And 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 that we really experience that deeply is is very important. Very yeah. important. So I want to um, just paying attention to the time we have left and what I would really love to address before we complete we this conversation. Done? We, we kind of close. Oh, we've been talking. <laughs> but we've been, been talking, you know. Oh. Um, I just want to get to the a little bit more specifics about the art making and and organizing and structures that we've been creating and how that relates to one black liberation like how when you feel what instances maybe you can give an example of when you have been a part of an art any kind of art and I'm being really open when I say theater theater I want to say is a variety of forms a variety of forms but when did didn't when did you have an experience of liberation in that art making form ebony is pointing to paloma <laughs> paloma was leaned back in her chair <laughs> but now i'm gonna put my radio voice on pensive <laughs> and thinking and NPR. try to come up with yeah. something <laughs> so uh recently i had a meeting with the current members of the Dancing While Black Fellowship class. So Dancing While Black has, for the past three years, the first year was fairly informal, and Ebony Noel Golden was a part of that uh, group, and she told me that what I was doing was a fellowship. So <laughs> then that help with naming it mm -hmm. then helped to birth a thing. It's, total, it's it was, totally a fellowship. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. She's like, you know what you're doing is a fellowship. Mm -hmm. So, um yeah. <laughs> So this current class uh, was in one of their monthly meetings. It's a six-month fellowship, and um, they have master workshops um, with artists who are working uh, to kind of just push their form process-based work, so not trying to teach you a technique, mm -hmm. but trying to be together. We share meals every time we meet, um, have a lot of informal time and networking. This last session that we had was with... Uh, the amazing writer, uh, Eva Ya Santua. Yes. And um, she tasked the group with writing, with basically pulling up their own voices about their aesthetic leanings um, mm -hmm. through, through writing process. And it was really powerful to be in the room and have people for the fellowship class to be at the point together where they felt like they could be vulnerable and say, I actually feel like this is crap. Like, I feel like I don't know how to write. I've always mm. struggled with this. You giving mm -hmm. me this assignment really like pulled up all of my insecurities. Mm. Um, or I never really thought about what my response to this thing, this performance I saw that felt it really raised my hackles about things. And maybe I'm going to go back home and actually organize more dancers to write, mm. you know, to see people because they have a small group of, and they, their aesthetic leanings are far reaching like, yeah. as a group. So to see them come together and be able to have the, have this community of, of thinking um, and to feel as though they are, free to make discoveries in mm -hmm. that and those discoveries could come yes. through shedding like oh i'm sh actually right now currently in front of you i'm shedding this lifelong uh feeling of inadequacy around yeah. my writing and mm -hmm. that by the end of that shedding 
I'm arriving at a place where I recognize the power of my voice. Yes. Those moments where we can convene in community. Yes. And it doesn't always have to be that way. I mean, I don't know that all of these moments of liberation happen that way, but the way I've experienced them, there's often a community of people who are invested in yeah. one another to a certain extent mm-hmm. that surfaces um, these these powerful moments where we can release yes. some things, release ourselves into our potential. Yes. You're asking us to talk about... I forgot what she was Well, asking. it doesn't matter. That was it. That was it. Just just an experience of liberation. And I feel like what I'm getting, one, it, it happened in community. And that's my experience mm-hmm. of, of feeling liberated, those moments. Mm-hmm. We're always in connection with other folks, for certain. Yeah. And the other thing, feeling um, those the dross coming off so that the bird can fly, you know, so that we can have that lift. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just an experience that came and it came out of an art making focus. Mm-hmm. Mm, I was working with um, an actor about a year ago now who had to sing a song that was a really difficult song to sing Mm -hmm. and I know I know and I knew um that the song was in her body Mm -hmm. and that she I mean she she can she's a singer so she Mm -hmm. has the the chops to do it the training to do it Mm -hmm. but the spiritual capacity yes I think you know she wasn't sure yeah um and the piece that I was in this moment functioning as a director. Mm -hmm. The piece was really challenging Mm -hmm. and very triggering. Mm. And this singing, this song could have sent her emotionally off the deep end. Like I'm very clear. I'm very clear. And we were in the space where the, the performance was going to take place and I was working with her to get her to sing the song. Mm -hmm. And asking her to access things mm-hmm. um, and kind of being a performance doula to help her get to a certain space term. to, yeah. you know, feel vulnerable enough and safe enough mm-hmm. to, to push to the point of crack mm-hmm. cracking. Mm-hmm. And on the other side of that was all beauty. Yes. But you know, like you're talking about liberation in the artistic space mm-hmm. and what's challenging about that. Like one of the things that's challenging about that is where do we get to experience that? Especially when you're trying to book gigs that's right. and trying to get these shows and mm-hmm. trying to be this actor and do this thing in New York and, and fit the protocol and the body type and the yes. training and be in the right place and be shiny. And, yes. ex- you know, mm-hmm. so and you want me to be free. Yes. Mm-hmm. And you want me to do my authentic work yes. that mm-hmm. you're asking me to access my the pain of my ancestors mm-hmm. or the joy of my, you asked me to access my ancestors. Mm-hmm. That's what you asking me to do right now mm-hmm. in this space that has never been safe for me That's right. on this stage that has never been safe for me. Mm-hmm. And the stage that is a representation of the, of the state. Right. What are you trying to do lady? I'm not mm-hmm. doing that. Why would I do that for you? <laughs> so that, so I understand yeah. her holding back, mm-hmm. but you know, and it's a process to get yeah. to, Art, a, a liberated space through art mm-hmm. it's a process to build and you know and I don't have a lot of communities here where I can be I'm not in like Paloma is the only person that I let set work on me and this is the <laughs> truth this is the truth I don't let people just do willy nilly things because I know my capacity Yeah. if I'm in the, working with the right artist I, you can get me to do anything mm-hmm. but that's that is a very vulnerable space to be in and this artist trusted me yeah. that to me is is really really you know yeah that's a, a lot a that's gift. that's a lot and yeah. you know and i feel like that's what that's what i want to get to yes you know as, as often as i possibly can when i'm the, it doesn't matter where i am on at the table as an artist or mm-hmm. as a human mm-hmm. um for folks to be able to be to get to that space of saying yes, mm-hmm. 
yes, my voice has cracked and I'm going to the other side of that. Mm-hmm. And that's where my freedom is. And that's we, we can all walk through the crack and be free together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, in this creative space. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Well said. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna mm-hmm. end on that note. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> before we go, I just wanna hear like what tell us what is up for you. Just um one thing. What should we be looking out for if you wanna give a, a social media hashtag or what is up for you, Paloma? So you, that, you know I don't know none of my social media. Well, I, I'm just saying anything. I give don't. me a website, give me give me Angelus an event. And I think we maybe got some kind of like at Dancing while black, but I don't know how we spell. I'm sure you're just looking at me because she knows I know her hashtags more than So, because um, I have a community of people who know yes. about that kind of stuff, and they handle that, and, they handle and I it. appreciate that because that's They're not awesome. my thing. I'm good at things. I'm really I'm getting to a place in my life like I'm like oh I know I'm good at XYZ things so don't come come, don't come for me if you're gonna try to challenge that part but these other things I don't need to pretend like I know about that so but Angela's Pulse Dancing While Black and my artistic work right now my this long range project Building a Better Fish Trap are all things that are very active in the world right now they all have a synergy with one another and they're all connect I love this idea of like all my work is about liberation I'm like oh yeah I'm trying to get yes. free with my work oh, and then I'm you trying go. to get, get let's go yes let's mm-hmm. go get it so if y'all want to get it y'all know where to go mm-hmm. yes and Ebony I'm excited for the first time in a long time I'm making a piece that I want to make I'm that's not somebody else's work I'm not directing somebody wow. else's work and I, you know I'm really excited about that not to not to minimize those mm-hmm. opportunities which I'm very thankful for but I have a story that I need to tell yes. and it won't let me go I tried to be like okay you just somebody else will do that mm-hmm. but it won't let me go it's called 125th in Freedom Ooh, I like that it's a series of 10 choreopoetic rituals that will happen along 125th Street what? this summer, late summer, I'm going to audition. <laughs> you can't audition. You could just be in the piece. <laughs> Paloma. Um, so uh, the piece is, yes, I, it's, it's about, um, it's about accessing emancipated Space. It's about um, what do we do on the other side of the gentrification of culture, of spirit, of of, mm, of place, yeah. and how do we practice resilience mm, um, yes. and really just cultivate that? Um, the pieces is generated through a series of community ciphers, oh, nice. um, and the community ciphers are a place for people to talk about freedom, body, home, gentrification, yes. and resilience, yes. and to build their own embodied rituals around that. Mm. And we're just going to accumulate. Yes. From now, well, it's actually again Paloma um, has you know curated and and supported and produced iterations of the work that mm-hmm. will be restaged yes. on the street yes um, and I'm very thankful I'm very thankful two years ago mm-hmm. um, so I have large chunks of this work that have been supported by our community and I have to be a good steward of that anyway that happens in September hashtag 125th and freedom that's right there you go um, and then I love to collaborate Mm -hmm. And Betty's Daughter Arts Collaborative starting next week will be looking, receiving proposals for artists, arts and culture organizations and educators who are interested in collaborating. Mm -hmm. Um, Send me a proposal. Ebony Golden at Betty's Daughter Arts dot com. I want to see. And if I if my if if Betty's daughter can't hold it, then it'll go somewhere else. Wonderful. Um, And really, those proposals can be anything from can you help me think about this curriculum? Mm -hmm. over a course of two sessions we have fifty dollars you know Mm -hmm. to we want to launch a community engagement platform that reintroduces our dance company to the larger brooklyn community yeah we have a budget right and really that's the scale i'm working from people who are just starting emerging practitioners to people who get the the big grants and you know a lot of the shine Mm -hmm. and everyone in between yeah um i'm excited also that this year the piece that I'm that I'm making 125th and Freedom this is the last piece I'll say about it will be featuring um 
are pu- public art performers, so folks that are really interested in this relationship between policy mm. and performance mm. and and what it means to take your policy to the street through performance. Mm-hmm. Yes. So so it's it's a it's a time this year for for me personally mm-hmm. and for my company and for my artistic praxis, it's a time for doing. Yes. I've been building, I've been supporting, I've been taking my notes and building my choreography in my living room mm-hmm. and now it's time to just show and share. Yes. So, so Betty's Daughter Arts. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. So show up at 125th Street or yep. send an application, folks. Yes. Get yes. with Betty's Daughter and collaborate. Um, I'll just say you can find me at saritacovington.com Um there are many things that I, I wear many hats. Uh, so there's many things going on. Um, check out that website. And also, um, if you have done an understanding and undoing racism workshop, um, and you know what I'm talking about, the People's Institute through for survival and beyond, or even if it's an iteration at big shout out to urban Bush women, summer leadership mm-hmm. Institute, uh, you also qualify. That is our one prerequisite for joining the acre community, the artist co-creating real equity community. We meet every month, second Saturday from one to three, um, you know, find me on the website and let me know that you have done the workshop and you want to just, you know, Start organizing with us. You are all welcome. Thank you, ladies. That Thank was so you, much Sarita. fun. That was very nice. Yeah. <laughs> was. yeah. We're going to continue offline. Exactly. Thank you, everyone. Rico.